Amen. Hopefully as we're singing those, these songs that you're actually uh, thinking about what it is that you're singing. You're, you're thinking about the words and, and, and what they mean and that we're carrying those things in our lives. Um, that the Lord is more than enough. He's everything that we need. Man, isn't that the truth? Man, uh, we will continue our series this morning in the the Gospel of Mark. We'll be in chapter 10 here this morning. If you'd like to turn with me in your copy of God's Word, we'll be in Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Uh, today's message is entitled, Be a Kid Again. We just celebrated Thanksgiving, and I hope you all had a blessed time. Um, but I'm sure it was a little different, a little different than what we're used to, what we're accustomed to. Um, sometimes different is okay. Sometimes different is better. Uh, sometimes just you just miss and long for what things used to be. But by and large, the people I'm talking to, they, hey man, this is a blessing with the smaller gatherings and we got to have more conversations and play more games and, and things of the nature. So it's good to see the blessing in those things, but it's hard not to look back and, and think about the way things used to be, especially when you were a kid growing up. I, I spent some time looking and thinking back to when I was a kid and uh, the Thanksgivings w with our families and we have a large family on my side, and so it was a lot of people, you know, coming in and out throughout the day. Uh, the food is, is out there waiting, and everybody's going for their third and fourth plates and desserts, and, man, we had a, a, lot, of, a lot of fun. And it's, it's, it's interesting to look back on those, especially from being a child, from that perspective and how fun it was to grow up. And we were talking the other, uh, the other day about how uh, I have a lot of cousins, I have tons of cousins, so many that I, I couldn't even venture to name if I saw them in person just because there's a lot to keep track of. We have that large of a family. But to, to look back and to have that wonderment as a child is, is really something interesting. And above and beyond that, you know, I'm just thinking, thinking back when I was a kid, you know, one of, the, one of my most favorite things uh, was when I was little, uh, way before my brother came along, that was fun. <laughs> I kid, I love my brother. But, um, man, when my father would come home from work, I always remember, you know, we had this small house, and I, but I remember hearing the car come into the driveway and slamming the door, and he'd open the door, a nice creak to the door, and he'd, he'd come in and say, Daddy's home. That was great, and I would run to him and jump up, and he'd pick me up and toss me up in his arms. I mean, I looked forward to that every day he would come home from work. Man, that was just enjoyable. You have memories like that of being a child growing up and, and what that looked like and what that meant to you. Today we're going to talk about being a kid again. And it's important what Jesus thinks of who we are and, and how he wants us to be. Jesus, uh, in the previous chapter or earlier, has, has talked about marriage and divorce. And we, we talked about this heavy subject last week. But today, in Jesus', in Jesus day, with the, the children, they were, children was thought of as a, a liability. I mean, because it's not like you can put a child to work and they go make some money. You don't have an ROI on your children. 
maybe until they get older and you hope they can take care of you later. But in this time, um, uh, they were considered a liability because they couldn't contribute to society. And if we look at some biblical examples, we see Herod, uh, he's killing people, he's killing the babies during Jesus' day because he heard about uh, this, this birth that was taking place. And, th- and also, if you go back further, we, we see Pharaoh back in Exodus, you know, kind of like the Moses story they ate. Maybe he was killing all the babies around and Moses was taken in. The, Ro- the Romans at this time in Jesus' day, they didn't, he didn't think much of children of that day. The Romans, in fact, um, they had, uh, this is grotesque, but they had a, a trash heap that they would keep. And if you had an unwanted baby, you go throw the baby in the trash heap. But if you wanted a baby, then you can go to the trash heap and pick it up. But most of the people that wanted these children, they wanted them to serve them in some shape, form, or fashion. So they would be uh, raised up to be a slave or a prostitute or anything else. They had no respect. They had no care for children in this community. Even today, there are people who don't appreciate the intrinsic value that children have. You think, oh man, well, I'm glad we're not like the Romans and I can't believe they would do this to children. But we do things that are just as, if not more, grotesque. America is one of the most violent countries in the world when it comes to children. Not only do we kill over a million preborn children a year, but about 16% or one in six live in poverty. One out of four girls under the age of 18 has probably been sexually abused by someone that they know. In about 10% of pregnant mothers, they use illegal drugs. 89% of school teachers report that abuse and neglect of children are a problem in the home. 89% of teachers report that there's neglect and abuse in children's homes today. Like all things, it's important that we see things as God sees them. We not see things as the world sees them. There is an intrinsic value to all people, even children. We must have a biblical view of children and see that they are gifts to parents. Look with me in Psalm 127. You don't have to turn there. We'll have it on the screen. But Psalm 20, 127 and verse 3, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not put to shame when he speaks with the enemies in the gate. This is a blessing, these children to have to be born. They too are made in the image of God. Now we'll look at Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13. Here God's word reads, And they were bringing the children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus saw it, and he was indignant and said to them, Let the children Come to me. Do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. 
And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying hands on them. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, help us to be like children this morning. Help us to be like children and be attentive, be excited for you and your message. Help us to look to you in wonderment. Help us to trust you with everything that we have in our being and seek to follow you all the days of our life. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My Lord, my strength and my redeemer, in whom I trust. It's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. So here we are in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. Chapter after chapter, what we see is the word has gotten out about Jesus. Again, they're coming from all the woodworks. They're coming out to to hear and to see. Some uh, disagree with his message. They came out to test him. Here we see that the parents are bringing their children to meet Jesus and so that they may be blessed by them. See, at this time, rabbis were known to lay hands on children and bless them. And these children could have been anywhere from uh, infants to about 12 years old or so. But the parents wanted to, to go to these good teachers, the, the rabbis, in this case, Jesus. They wanted to take their children so that they can be blessed. Now, remember, this, in this day, in Jesus' day, children were seen as liability until they could really contribute to society. So the disciples are seeing this. Disciples are, are trying to be Jesus' bodyguards, trying to be his handler. Hey, step back. Hey, no, no, you get away from him. They were trying to guard Jesus. They were trying to guard his, his time. My question to you is, is where are you in this story? My question to you is what resonates with you? Are you like the parents? Are you like the parents that would go above and beyond and get these children to Jesus? That you're willing to to go and do whatever it is you need to do so you can take your child to be blessed by the Messiah? Or are you like the disciples that want nothing to do with the children? that think these, these children are a drag on society, they're a waste of time, they're too much trouble. Parents, it is your responsibility to usher your children to Christ. That's not in my job description. It's not my job that your children are equipped and are taking to and ushered to Jesus Christ. You are the one that is responsible for that. And my job is to equip you to do that. Too often today we abdicate and we give up our responsibilities, whether it be to the church or be to the government or be to the teachers, whatever it is, like, well, they should go and take care of that. That is your responsibility. It's not my job. It's not the Sunday school teacher's job. You must have a home where you saturate your children and your family with the gospel, with the good news, to set the stage 
we're good about this time of year. We want to put up decorations and set the stage for Thanksgiving or, or we start at Halloween and then there's Thanksgiving and then there's Christmas. We want to put up lights and decorations and all this stuff, but you don't decorate your house with the gospel. You're not putting the ornaments of Jesus. You're, you're not going through and, and saturating yourselves and your family in the word. You're not preparing yourself for what ultimately that matters. Well, we're prepared with our Christmas trees. We've got to remember what's important, what is right. You must be praying for your children. Children who do not know how to pray, guess what, will grow up into adults that don't know how to pray. It starts at home. You must encourage them, bless them, challenge them. Parents, you model for them what it means, what it looks like to be Christ-like. I love when Paul says, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. He's not saying, I'm so good, you, you want to be like me. He's like, no, I'm going to follow Christ to the best of my extent and, and follow my example because it's going to be prayerfully like Christ. That should be the position that we take as parents that our children would follow us in our walk with Christ. Verse 14, the disciples, they had rebuked the, the children, the parents. Jesus saw it and he says, was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them for they belong, for such belongs to the kingdom of God. We, we mentioned this a few times already in the Gospel of Mark, how we see the humanity of Jesus come. And I love this because we know that Jesus is, is, our, is our God and our Savior, but we tend to just think he's untouchable. He's, he, he's so far, he's nothing like us. He doesn't understand our plight. He, he, we're just little human beings here, and this, this holy God can never understand what I'm going through. But yet he does. I love to see the humanity of Jesus in our text. It says he was indignant. It was like, what are you, what's wrong with you people? I, I know that resonates with me. I want to say that. But he, he says, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Jesus is irritated again. And by the way, for people who talk about the Old Testament, the verse is like, I don't, I don't like the Old Testament. That's all fire and brimstone, this angry God. And I like the New Testament because Jesus is just so loving. He's just so comforting and lovable. You miss texts like this. You miss the richness of the Gospels and the truth that Jesus shares about our own humanity. This, oh man, I, we can relate to this. While the disciples have been trying to spare Jesus from being bothered by these kids, what they failed to understand is that there were no outcasts. There was nobody who is unimportant. There's nobody that is insignificant in the kingdom of God. That's what the disciples missed. No one is insignificant. Everybody matters. Jesus goes on in verse 15 to say, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. 
what does this look like? What, what is the, the characteristic of a child that helps us to, uh, to look and be accepted and enter into the kingdom of God? Not only were these so-called outcasts as important as, as others, Jesus also says, whoever desires the kingdom must be like these little children. It's because children are completely dependent on others. I mean, what is a child to do? They can't fend for themselves. You know, they come out of the womb, they don't go get a job. They, they need to be fed. They, they need to be burped. We need to teach them how to, how to walk and how to, how to talk, how to read, how to pray, how to read their Bible. All, this, all these things need to be taught. A child puts their total trust in their parents. They're cognizant in the womb. And when, you, when you're reading to, to them and when, when in the room, they, they get to not only their mother, but they, they, they can hear the voices that are going on outside and there's some familiarity once they are born and they, uh, they have an attachment to their parents from the very beginning. More than this, though, they, they have their, their total trust in their parents and not just food and clothing and everything else, but they do all this with some anticipation. Have you seen this when a child learns something new for the first time? How excited that they are? Or, or you teach them a new skill and they do it right? How excited they are? They have this anticipation that is just lovely and encouraging. They don't know all that they need, but they know that they need the help of somebody else. And they receive it with joy. They receive it with thanksgiving. They receive it without believing. They did uh, anything that deserves that. Today's kids are a little different. They, they kind of think they deserve some of the things especially if they're well-to-do, right? They think, uh, hey, why won't you buy me this? What's wrong with you, parents? Why don't you take me here or let me do? I remember I mistakenly told my mother, you don't ever do anything for me. (laughs) Yeah. Praise God I'm still here today. Brothers and sisters, this is how we need to be disciples of Christ that we put our all, that we put our trust in our Heavenly Father. And we do so with anticipation and amazement. The moment we lose it, the moment we go down a darker path, when we lose that astonishment and amazement of who our Heavenly Father is and what He's done for us, this is the picture for how we come to the Father. We know that we don't deserve these great gifts that he has for us, but we know that he loves and desires to give us good things. That that should give us some hope and some satisfaction. Instead of thinking we can do anything to deserve it, there's no way that we can work toward being more deserving. We just need to receive the gift of Christ's redemption with joy and thanksgiving.
Jesus gave up his life for us. And we ought to receive it. Jonathan Edwards is uh, one of the great pastors of history. He's quoted as saying, you contribute nothing to your salvation except the sin that made it necessary. Wow. You contribute nothing to your salvation except the sin that made it necessary. You have nothing that God needs. He's given all to you with grace and mercy. So don't be a bad receiver. You know those folks that just, you buy them something, they're just bad at being a receiver of a gift. Some of us have the gift of giving. And so you've got to receive these things with grace and so much more so when it comes to God, when it comes to Jesus. Receive it joyfully. Receive it thankfully. Finally, in verse 16, I love, man, I love this. If you just picture this in your mind's eye, he's got all, all these children. I don't know how many children there were there. Again, from infant to about 12 years old, the parents are bringing their children in. One by one, they want him to, they want them to have uh, their moment with Jesus to be blessed. And he says, don't hinder them. And it says he took them in his arms. He took them in his arms and blessed them, laying hands on them. This is the loving Jesus people talk about, but they skip those other verses. But, man, the lovingness, especially for, and Jesus is known for this. He's, he's known for going to the outcasts in society and be, doing the opposite of what the world says. He goes to them and he loves these children, these children that have no word to other people. And he's setting the example for us. This is how we ought to be. And he welcomes them in his arms. And he blesses them. This is the warm, loving image that we've seen in plenty of paintings and children's books. But it doesn't stop once we grow up. Jesus still invites us into his loving arms to bless us. If you would come to him, he offers his love, he offers his grace. And this is regardless of who you are. It's regardless of where you're coming from. It doesn't matter. He welcomes you in. There are no outcasts. I don't know where you are today, spiritually. But if you're not walking with Christ, I want you to leave here today knowing that if you would have this childlike wonderment, this childlike trust, this picture is the same for you. That, that Jesus says, let them come to me. Do not hinder them. He opens up his arms to you, welcomes you, and blesses you. There's nothing that you have done 
that has not been covered by the blood of Jesus. He paid the price fully and completely for whatever it is that you've done, for any transgressions that you've had in your life. And this happened thousands of years ago. You might say, well, he, I did this heinous thing. God already knew that you would do that heinous thing and he still decided to give up his life on the cross for you. He paid the price on your behalf so that you can look forward to him opening up his arms and him blessing you and laying hands on you. So if you have not yet chosen to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Christ, I urge you to make that decision for yourself today. Next week we'll talk about what, what this looks like fundamentally in our lives when we choose to follow Jesus. Jesus calls us to, to leave everything of this life and to follow him, just like he did the disciples. He walks up to them, whatever they were doing, and he says, follow me. They dropped everything and they follow him. What does that look like for you and your life? We'll talk about that next week. But make the choice today. Matthew 11 and 28, we'll end with this. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You don't have to carry around these things in your life, this burden that you carry, that you think is your own, that you want to keep from everybody. You don't have to, to carry it. You're alone. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's stronger than you, and he's able to forgive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great gift that you have given to us, the ability that we can come to you and turn all things over to you. Father, help us to have that childlike wonderment in our lives, to, to look at our, our lives and look at everything you've done for us and to be joyful about it and have thanksgiving in our hearts for who you are and what you've done for us. For things that we don't understand, help us to just trust and put our everything in you and who you are and know that uh, you will work all things out for the good of the people who are called by your name. Father, we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you all please stand as we conclude our worship this morning?